War Party U is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah. All views and opinions are those of and by War Party U and War Party U alone. Thank you. This is War Party U. Go Utes! When hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the hall, whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the War Party You weekly podcast. I am your host, your ghost host, Matty Aces, joined as always by murderous Michelle Bodkin and Ryan the Reaper Boyce. We've got quite a bit of material to cover this week, so let's get this party started. Utes, straight manhandling cow in the cold. What a great day of tailgating. What a great evening of football. I love me a good blackout dark mode. Everybody wear black because the team's wearing black, so we'll call it whatever the hell we want mode. Man, it was fun. We've got a huge one coming up this weekend in Seattle. Michelle is headed to Seattle to give us some eyewitness accounts of the mayhem of the good times of the Utah versus Washington game. So thanks for joining us. Let's dig right in. War Party You. Happy Halloween. Man, it's a good time to be a Ute. So last weekend, Rice Eccles Stadium, Utah, welcomed in Cal Berkeley. And my, how the mighty have fallen. Cal started this season 4-0, and they got actually got up to number 15 in the AP poll. Um, they have since sustained a ton of injuries on offense um, and just are a shell of what they were at the beginning of the season. They really looked like they could be a, a dark horse in the north for a little bit there, but uh, they've really come back down and uh, just kind of, kind of moving backwards now. But... Uh, it was such a great day. What a great day for tailgating, man. It was sunny, beautiful fall afternoon. You cannot beat it. Um, got to the tailgate lot. Uh, my significant other actually accompanied me this time around, and uh, uh, her thoughts on Sunday morning were, wow, how do you guys do that uh, every week? Uh, newfound respect for the uh, intestinal fortitude that it takes to uh, day drink like some of us like to uh, on game day and still go and manage our way through a football game, get home, and then function the next day. So props to all of us. We got out there and, uh, and man, mixing it up like we always, like, like we always do. Uh, Shasta crew and Albert Gamboa crew were cooking, had some, uh, uh, like some Cafe Rio-style burritos, a little sweet pork, tortillas, all the fixins to do you upright. Uh, pig bus right across the lane. Man, cooked up some spicy pork chili verde. It was delicious. It set my mouth on fire. And 
Uh, it made me glad to be alive. We had a, uh, they, as we had last year, the, we had a Guns N' Roses cover band come out. They set up on the back of the pig bus and, and jammed out uh, Machine Guns and Roses. Uh, they do a hell of a job. And, uh, and, and man, they, they, they play it up, you know, and got the got lead singer sounds quite a bit like Mr. Axl Rose, wears the long red wig, uh, guitarist dressing up like Slash. So it's really a fun time, man. And it really gets the crowd going. And, uh, when they were setting up, you know, Swoop came over, Swoop's all decked out in his Batman costume. So a costume within a costume, it's like, it, it's kind of like Inception only with Halloween costumes and mascots. But then, uh, who knew Swoop knew how to shred guitar? Swoop gets up there, straps on the axe, and man, starts pumping out a little smoke on the water. Uh, you know, it's basically what, that's the first power chord song that any guitar player learns coming up, man, but it was sweet. Uh, rocking and rolling, just a, had the crowd, like, really into it, and, uh, and man, and then, uh, you know, throughout the afternoon, um... We met, you know, actually several Cal Berkeley fans that came out more than I expected, um, and uh, certainly more than the than than Washington State had, at least from you know you know hanging out at the tailgate standpoint. They didn't travel like Arizona State does, but man, Mustache Nation is uh, is a special group. So um, all in all, a great time. We had cameo appearances at the tailgate by Mr. Shaky Smithson and his entourage and his little boy. Um, that was that was fantastic, and uh, baby giraffe himself, Travis Wilson, stopped by. Um, I got the chance uh, briefly uh, to meet uh, Dennis and Debbie Keithy, uh, parents of, of, of Brant Keithy, uh, who had himself one hell of a game that night. It was great to see him rallying and doing his thing, knowing his folks were in the stands. Um, as always, uh, Tiff Marrero and uh, the Solomon Enos family tree. Uh, as well as uh, Mara, Mara Rodriguez, uh, Noah Rodriguez's mom, um, and uh, you know, mixing it up, man. It, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Mixing it up with the players' families is so much fun because uh, you know it's like you know you see these kids out there rallying and everything, and uh, and you know to meet their folks, and then it's a little bit sobering when you know the folks are are your peers and you realize, man, you know those these kids out here, they they're, yeah, I'm uh, I'm old enough to be their dad. And, uh, and and it gives you pause for a second because you're getting totally geeked out a bunch of about a bunch of 18 to 22 year old men out there playing a game, but that's what makes it so much fun because man, the stadium was lit. Um, I do think though, it looks like I mean we I can't explain it, but it seems like every game this year there are more empty seats than I would like to admit. Um, you know, and especially up in that uh, uh, up in that southeast corner uh, of the of the stadium with the muss. Man, it is. There's a huge open swath in the top. Now I know the must. You know they don't stick to their assigned seats. They cram as many people as they can right down there, and and, and you know as front and center as they can. But I, it's it, it's a lot emptier than I'm used to seeing it. Um, and uh, you know hopefully it's just a, a thing. It may maybe it's the it was the late time. Maybe it's the weather. But we're we're Utah football fans. We're used to funky kickoffs times. We're used to bad weather. If you can't stay up late and be cold, you know, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, and I understand that you know a lot of people they whether it's you know young children and families and it just wasn't convenient. But um, you know, it, it's it's a little it's a little disappointing to see so many 
um, you know, empty chairs throughout the stadium on both sides, with one exception, and that is the north end zone, baby. Albert Gamboa and all of that crew and Travis Vallejo and the Ute fan faithful and man the north end zone is always lit the north end zone is always packed raucous and ready to go so salute the north end zone on this episode of War Party U because man they know how to bring it every week so you know you get inside and, and of course you know my my lady is uh is got an affinity for corn dogs and so soon you know first thing in the stadium we are lined up for a couple of those cowboy corn dogs baby and and man you know this is not a paid advertisement this is just a big fan of the corn dog and uh and the appreciation for the place in the corn dog pantheon that cowboy corn dogs holds that is one delicious dog, folks. If you haven't tried one at the stadium, I highly recommend you do it. It is a life-changing experience. You may see um, hallucinations of deities. Um, I've seen several. I mean, from you know, differing kinds and stuff. And you know, it's it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual experience. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's my little unpaid plug for uh, for the cowboy corn dog, folks. Cowboy corn dogs. You know, I'm happy to take a. You know, a, a free sample of of what you are, uh, you know, uh, of, of what you're selling, and to, to to further promote things. You know, I'm happy to do that. I'm selfless like that. I, you know, I try to to give back to the community and if in my own small way. So, you know, if if that's something we can do, then um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, but we get inside, grab the seats, grab a little popcorn, and settle in. Man, the night progressively got colder and colder and colder as that cold front moved in but thankfully mother nature held off and while the temperature was dropping it stayed it stayed it stayed dry and so you know that's the thing with those nights man as soon as that precipitation starts to fall that's when it starts to get colder i was much colder at the uh at the arizona state game than i ever was against cal even though the temperature was much lower for the cal game uh, much later at night Thank goodness we didn't have the rain we had the week before because that, that would have been brutal. But we still would have been there. We still would have been screaming and yelling and getting it and mixing it up. Uh, but, uh, but man, what a, you know, what, what a game. Let's, uh, you know, let's look at a, a few of the, uh, of the performers and what they did. Uh, you know, Tyler Huntley, we didn't even know if he was going to be able to go. We figured he would. I mean, on Monday, he said, oh, I'm playing. So, you, you know, you, you never back down. But, man, it was really nice that he was able to get in, stay loose, get some reps, put up some numbers and then rest the second half man and Jason Shelley showed that you know regardless of what's coming out of out of practice about uh you know that Drew Lisk is a more accurate passer but Jason Shelley's better with his legs Uh, another thing Witt pointed out though is that when the bright lights shine man Jason Shelley steps his game up and uh and you know but but Huntley came in, man, and just did his thing. He was 11 of 17 for 214 yards and a touchdown. A gorgeous 40-yard dime to Brian Thompson, man, just right in stride down the middle of the field, and it was just gorgeous. So, you know, Moss did his thing, man. Moss absolutely came in, got got his 115 yards. Oh, there's a record, most 100-yard games in Utah history for a running back. Most rushing 100-yard games. That's rarefied air. 
And just like we said last week, um, you know, when he set the all-time rushing record, that, uh, that you know, you, if you think about the running backs that have come through this program, that is something special. And, uh, you know, we are witnessing history this year. We truly are. Uh, he had two touchdowns, and, of course, now he holds the record for most rushing touchdowns in a Ute career. Uh, so, once again, man, he's doing his thing. But, man, that Utah rushing game is a monster. All in all, the Utes put up 231 yards on the ground. So look at that, how balanced that offense is. I mean, you know, it was very run heavy because it could have been. You know, it didn't It didn't have to be anything but. Utes got up big and just ground the rest of the game out. And the defense gave up nothing. Really, are you kidding me? Cal was only able to manage 83 yards of offense. 83. That is some shit right there. I mean, I mean, this is defense is so nasty and so mean, and they've just been getting better and better and better every week. This week, a shutout. You know, I mean, it, you know, the only touchdown they've given up in the last few games has been has been a junk time touchdown to Oregon State. Other than that, man, it's been just lights out, right? Oh, it's so much fun, um, and uh, and and they're, they're they're hungry for more. And you know, coming up this weekend is going to be a huge test, the biggest test of the year so far. Um, you know, especially considering the Utes have climbed back into the top ten. Now we're back on the road at, a, at an opponent who we haven't fared well against traditionally. Um, you know, actually, we've done better against USC, you know, year in, year out, than we have against Washington. We at least basically, you know, USC is generally the home team wins. Uh, Washington, man, losing to him twice last year, but we've been so close, you know, so close and really, you know, losing on, on fluke plays, which, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, that's the reason because it's an entire game. It's 60 minutes. Every play counts. Every snap counts. Every mistake counts. So while there may be one egregious uh, occurrence that, that tips the scales, it's not that in itself that wins or loses the game for you because you've got to make every play. And, uh, and so, you know, that, you know, because, you know, you, you know, you just have to take care of your business, take care of it. Um, and, uh, and that's what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this Ute team and I'm liking what I'm seeing. So, you know, of course, you know, Ute Nation's collective butts are puckered right now because this is the classic setup for, uh, you know, disappointment. Um, not, not unlike the first uh, conference game when we went in and lost at USC, um, because, you know, we're back in the top 10. We're sniffing some pretty important stuff. We need to win. We need to keep pace with USC. We need a little help from other teams. Hashtag our beloved Ducks. But, uh, but man, it was so much fun to watch. It was a, it was a joy. And, uh, yeah, we got out of there and, uh, we're reloaded. We're ready for more. So I had a great time as usual. Uh, but as always, I want to stress, take advantage of every weekend of college football because it goes by too fast. We're eight games in now. We are eight games in. Eight freaking games, okay? Four regular season games left. Hopefully there's a, you, there's a, there's a trip to Santa Clara for the, for the conference championship game in there. Um, and then who knows what after that. Honestly, my little Ute heart would be absolutely over the moon, thrilled and content with a Rose Bowl. 
Um, you know, it's a very outside shot now for that uh, for that playoff. Mostly, even if you know if the Utes run the table, go 11 and one, uh, win the you know win and then you know and, and win the conference championship game for a 12 and one. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be enough to sneak into the playoff simply because of uh, of that out of conference schedule that we've talked about several times this season. It's just too damn weak. Uh, if BYU is the marquee game on your out of conference, uh, you know, schedule, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment, my friend. We need to play qu- better quality opponents, and we are coming up. You know, we got better. We've got some better out of conference uh, matchups scheduled in the coming years. Um, it's a shame we didn't have one of those matchups this year to bolster the resume, um, because uh, an 11 and one, 12 and one Utah team with a win over, say, a you know, even a, a Baylor or a Florida, um, you know, or an Arkansas, uh, like we've got coming up in the coming years, uh, it looks much better than than than, a, than an opening night, you know, win against you know BYU, who's been, um, man, they've been Jekyll and Hyde, a little bipolar this season. Yeah, they've had some injuries, but of course, you know, if Jaron Hall doesn't win the Heisman, then uh, what's his buckets going to, or this other guy, or whatever, you know. Uh, the next great BYU quarterback is going to be, but uh, I try not to mention them much because we don't play them again until next year. Um, you know, I, I would also usually wish our little brothers up north, uh, Utah State Aggies, best of luck this weekend um, as they as they as they have their blackout game and host host BYU up there. But you know what? For the most part, the USU fans I've interacted with this year, and I'm basing this solely on Twitter, so that's petty of me, and I admit that, and I embrace that. But uh, you know what? Screw USU this year. Man, Aggies, I hope you tie. I don't want you to lose. I don't want BYU to win. I want you guys to tie like 3-3. I want it to be a, a, a bore fest, sloppy, nasty 3-3 tie. That's what I want. But enjoy. We've got four games left. Two at home, two on the road. We're at Washington. We've got another bye week coming up too. So, yeah. Man, I hate bye weeks. But, you know, after Washington, it's probably going to be good to kind of reload, especially if the Utes come out with a win. Um, have a week off, reload for the, for, for the, for the, final, for, for the final push um, as we'll be uh, home against UCLA. We'll be at Arizona and then finish up the season with Colorado here at Salt Lake City. So I'm going to shut up for a minute. I'm going to take a break. But there's more board party of you coming on the flip side. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back. You are listening to War Party You. This is Michelle, and I am hanging out with Matt and Ryan per usual every week, just talking all things Utah football. Well, this weekend, Utah came off of another just absolutely fantastic dominant performance beating up on poor Cal, uh, 35 to 0. It was it was quite the showing uh, and kind of a long time coming. The two previous weeks, Utah's defense was so, so close to pitching the shutout against, uh, sorry, brain farting here, Arizona State and uh, Oregon State as well. Uh, 
you know, just two two kind of late garbage garbage scores in both of those games that combined for a total of 10 points. And then, like I said, finally, finally against Cal, that defense got got their big old goose egg that they were looking for. Cal could do absolutely nothing. Nothing on offense. And going into it, kind of figured as much. Uh, last week we talked about Cal's struggles at specifically the quarterback position and then just not having a lot around around that position on top of that. How they started out with Garbers. Garbers hurt and out for the season. Their backup modster was was a very distant second place. Uh, can, can move around well with his feet, but outside of that... Um, just not the greatest quarterback. And then, of course, they started a poor, poor, sad, true freshman in Spencer Brosh, who absolutely got his butt handed to him. And to be expected against against the kind of defense he was facing. On the opposite side, there there were definitely concerns about how Utah's offense would perform. Tyler Huntley a little banged up, and and you could see it Saturday, but lo and behold, Andy Ludwig. There's been jokes about the Jedi Master of offense. Came up with a fantastic game plan that took a lot of the pressure off of Huntley and, and still did all the things that we're accustomed to the offense doing. They just used different people to accomplish the same goal and that's not to say Tyler still had a very good night uh 11 of 17 for 214 yards he was averaging 12.6 yards per throw had one touchdown no interceptions uh that that's a pretty dang good night the only thing that was different was he didn't have any scrambles he didn't have any rushing statistics at the end of the night oh yeah no 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 rushing statistics they they made sure that they they took it easy on his leg instead they brought in Jason Shelley in those situations and and then had Shelley kind of take over the bulk of the responsibilities in the second half they had Drew List come in as well to kind of really finish things up uh, but Jason Shelley also looked very, very good for Utah. Uh, essentially, in the first half, Shelley was Huntley's legs, uh, moving, moving the ball in rushing situations off of you know RPOs and and all that good stuff. And and he did a great, great job of it. And on top of that, I think, and and we'd seen some packages with Shelley earlier in the year as well. And, and we just kind of knew that Ludwig was probably setting some stuff up that uh, was supposed to give poor defensive coordinators across the Pac-12 night sweats because they're, 
they they would show one thing with them, but there probably were at least three other things they could have could have done in that situation. And now now that defensive coordinator, all the defensive coordinators have to sit there and think about it. And I think this was more or less kind of the same deal. On top of that, you had Zach Moss doing Zach Moss things. Uh, 17 carries, 115 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. He also was very helpful in the receiving game as well with three receptions for 89 yards. Uh, (laughs) He was averaging 29.7 yards per, per catch, which is ridiculous. And he had a long of 69 that was absolutely awesome. Uh, other noteworthy receivers, Brian Thompson and Brand Keithy, uh, Cole Fotheringham, Damari Simpkins, and Derek Vickers, Samson Nakua. They they all contributed. Uh, also worth noting, Solomon Enos once again very very solid in the blocking game. And and as is often said in in the Utah room. No block, no rock. So while a little bit quiet on, on the catching front, doing doing the real receiver type things, Enos was out there throwing some blocks and and again earning his way and it it will eventually pay off in, in dividends. I have no doubt about that. Then we have to look look at the defense. Defense Recorded three sacks uh, that were very key. All three were very, very memorable. I think especially the Josh Nurse one and the Lucky Foto one. Uh, welcome to the Pac-12, youngin. Like, oh man, he got laid out. And then Max Tupai also came in and got himself a sack as well. And uh, it, Max has been a little, a little on the quiet side. They haven't needed to rely on him as much this year as they had last year. Um, he's kind of back to, I think, waiting in the wings a little bit. But I, I, he showed last week that he is more, more than capable and ready and willing to go. But I, the, I mean, the end, end results of all of this. You know, poor poor Spencer Brosh, seven of nineteen for forty-seven yards, was averaging two point five yards per attempt. Just absolutely stuffed. I literally not going anywhere. That offense was just a no-go. That <laughs> that weekend and you know what it was fun to watch it was fun to watch and it got people once again talking and and now it's setting up for a really big showdown against Washington which I will break down and get into a little more of in the next segment you are listening to War Party You and we will be back after the break So this week the news has come down that uh, you know, and 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 good thing it has that the NCAA has 
at least removed part of its head from its ass um, and uh, is going to look into establishing the rules for allowing college athletes to profit from the use of their likeness. It's about damn time. It's been a long time coming. Bottom line for me is that I'm for it because these kids work too damn hard and generate too much revenue for these schools and for the NCAA to get shafted on on likeness rights. So, uh, you know, that being said, a lot of concerns that this is just going to uh, widen the gap, um, not only between P5 and G5, but between the Blue Bloods and the rest in P5. And so, you know, there is a huge potential for that. Um, I think, though, that, uh, you know, there's got to be a lot of, um, you know, you got to be a lot of careful attention paid to it. I mean, you know, let's face it, NCAA compliance has been a pretty damn big joke for a while when, uh, you know, teams are getting into these drawn out court court cases with the FBI and everything about, you know, paying players and everything. But then, you know, years back, you know, the coach Majerus, may you rest in peace, coach Rick got busted for cookies and milk that were that, that, that were that were unapproved by the NCAA or when Keith Van Horn dad passed away coach took Keith out for dinner and that was an improper benefit I mean it's such a damn joke but they can't get out of their own way um, so I have I don't have a ton of faith that the NCAA is going to really be able to police this or enforce this but I'm hopeful um, I want to give them a shot to do it. Um, they kind of had their hand forced by, you know, various states, you know, passing legislation that's going to allow it. So, you know, to a certain extent, they get, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're at least, you know, in the conversation instead of uh, being completely reactive once these states have enacted that legislation um, and then getting all behind and everything. So, um, you know, who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, uh, um you know that it that, that it's it, as long as it's done right and and uh, and 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 it's consistent. Um, I, you know I don't know that's going to be any different than it is now, because the big programs are already paying their players and bribing the players to come there. So you know honestly, you know I think it's just going to be more out in the open and more more transparent. At least that's my hope. Um, but in cases like this, I am not the brain. I do not have my finger on the pulse of college football quite like. Uh, quite like my cohort Michelle does. So, um, Michelle, share your thoughts with us about, uh, about, you know, the, 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 this recent news, what it means for college football and, uh, and, and, and your thoughts, um, and insights on it. back at it on Warport. Excuse me. We will try this again. Hold on. <laughs> we are back at it on War Party U. You are listening to Michelle Bodkin's wonderful pipes and man is she brain farting it and talking about herself in the third person. It's disgusting and I should cut it out. So there we go. I I'm hanging out with Matt and Ryan. Per usual, we we are giving the ins and outs of Utah football and some interesting tidbits kind of going on around the country with concerns to football. Uh, The NCAA made an interesting announcement. For those of you living under a rock, I, I will give the Reader's Digest version. 
and try and keep this one short and simple and probably maybe go into it a little bit more next week during the buy because we're going to need things to talk about. Uh, but but just the, the plain and simple Reader's Digest version of this is the state of California essentially ruled that players in colleges should be allowed to to gain profits off of their likeness uh, because of how much money the universities rake in on that. And the the NCAA's initial response was, if you pass that law, we are kicking you out of the NCAA. Well, apparently somewhere between there and that statement, or that statement in here, the NCAA had a bit of a change of heart, and now they are working to push that players anywhere can profit off of their likeness. And there's been a lot of debate going on about is this good for college football? Is this bad for college football? Is, is this good for college athletics? Is it bad for college athletics? I... I have to look into it a little bit more, to be honest. I haven't haven't looked into it that much. I have been very strong on the proponent that players need to be paid or their stipend needs to be upped or something. Something needs to change because they really are limited in what they can do. And for, for a couple of different reasons. One is the amount of time that they spend doing their respective sports. Uh, and the other is, is that, you know, they aren't allowed to, to make money off of, off, off of their likeness and, or, you know, off an autograph or, you know, some, something just stupid like that. And, and it's an opportunity for them to make a little extra cash because those stipends honestly don't go very far. Uh, I I haven't really cared one way or another whether it's that the players and athletes get a cut of of what universities are making off of you know jersey sales commercials, you know, what, whatever else that they do with these, with these athletes, or if it gets added or if they just bump up the stipend and, and, you know, do it that way. I, I don't care. I just, I know that there's a discrepancy there and, and it needs to be taken care of. It, it doesn't go very far. And again, if, if you've, either played or have been around it like you really understand just the limitations that that these athletes have as far as making sure that they can take care of themselves and I get it there are people that are very well they're, they're getting a scholarship and they're getting a free education and yes that is true and it's wonderful and it's great but you still have to eat which they did kind of take care of that with some of the new food rules that they passed a few years ago. Uh, but you know, you also, you want to go buy new sneakers or, you know, a new pair of jeans or take your girlfriend or your boyfriend out or go hang out with friends one night, you know, and do a fun activity. And, And those things take money. And 
you know, by the time they're they're paying rent and and some of that kind of stuff, that that stipend just does not go far, and especially in the summer. The summer it it gets really really tight for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how and what and why why this affects athletics. Uh, and and again next week I'll I'll get into a little bit further. I I think this has the potential to be really good. I don't think it's going to be as extreme as most want to make it sound like it's going to be. Uh, but it's also it's also going to be a bit of a wait and see uh, as far as what what comes of all this. You know, you just it's it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and until we're there, it's kind of anybody's guess. So next week, look for a little more in depth, a little a little deeper thought process as far as this goes. But it is an interesting development. It will change Utah athletics. It will change everybody's athletics. And at the very least, it will be interesting to see how the NCAA possibly screws this up or sets up a double standard with this, which I am sure they are more than capable of doing because they do it with everything. Anyway, I'm going to take one more break to go into one more segment. I am heading to Seattle today. Essentially, I'm I'm recording this the night before, but essentially when you guys hear it, it it will be today. So I will be sitting in an airport by the time you guys are listening to this and preparing to get myself to Seattle to cover this awesome Utah Utes team and I want to talk about the game day experience in Seattle at Husky Stadium because I've actually done it before and it's probably one of the cooler tailgating experiences I think you can have in the Pac-12. This is Michelle Bodkin. I am taking one more break for War Party U and we will be back on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, the week is here. The Utes are back on the road, heading to Seattle to take on the Washington Huskies, Saturday, November 2nd. And Ute War Party U will be joining DJ Fireball, Ute Fan Faithful, Utes Edits, Utah Spirit Squad, ESPN 700, and some mayhem for the tailgate watch party at Utah Sports Collective. Utah Sports Collective is at Mill Plaza at Gardner Village, 1100 West, 7800 South in West Jordan. They have anything and everything you need for your Ute fandom. Collectibles, gear, helmets, hats, shirts, overcoats, undercoats, underwear, jewelry, baubles, bingles, trip, I mean, you name it. Dallin Albertson is the purveyor of this fine merchandise. He also sells thing, you know, the gear for uh, Real Salt Lake. Um, and uh, various uh, minor college teams from the area because that's just good business. But Dallin and his wife Erin are Ute fans through and through. 
Uh, you can go in and score good discounts in the shop the day of the, the, the day of the watch party. Uh, support a local business and support some fellow Ute fans. There will be, uh, you get, grab your tickets now, man. They're almost gone, but they're going fast. $30 gets you in and uh, gets you access to the street taco spread. For $40, you get the tr- street taco spread as well as two vouchers for, al- for adult beverages. There will be a cash bar on hand. There will be raffles with all kinds of kick-ass prizes, signed helmets, merchandise. Man, it is going to be a good time. So, Sky, Kylo, my Twitter buddies, my friends, my family, my Ute fans, join War Party U at Utah Sports Collective. Doors open at 1, kick off at 2. Go Utes. couple of minutes and uh, look around the rest of the conference, go over to the scores from last weekend and the matchups coming up this weekend. Last Friday night, man, we were so close to getting that weird-ass Friday shit that happens, and in, 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 uh, man, Colorado coughed up a lead against USC and could not hold on, couldn't get out of their own way. Colorado, you suck. You suck eggs. Man. Our beloved Buffs. I hope you lose every game the rest of the way. 35-31, the final. You know, we just need USC to lose a game and, and, and we control our own destiny. Man, it was all there for the taking too. But we'll get to that in a minute. It's all right. We didn't expect Colorado to do it. It looked like they were going to do it. And I was sitting there. Man, you know, it was just I was going to enjoy a Friday night. I had the game streaming on my phone next to me. But I sat down with my honey and our little five-year-old daughter to play some massive Yahtzee. Hey, I rolled two Yahtzees, y'all. Two. Two Yahtzees in a game. So I can't really, com- I, I, I can't really complain that much. So we'll see what happens. Man, Washington State went into Eugene on Saturday and nearly pulled one off. Uh, 37-35, the final against Oregon. Oregon looked pretty beatable. Um, Oregon came in ranked number 11. Uh, they're now uh, they've met, they've now moved up to to, to number uh, to number seven in the country. Um, of course, as we talked about, Utes number 12 went in and uh, took care of business against Cal. Utes moved up a few spots, now ranked number nine in the country. Uh, Arizona State, who dropped to number 24 after uh, after getting their asses handed to them here in Salt Lake City, uh, lost in a Rose Bowl in front of about 12 people, and nine of them were Arizona State fans. Uh, 42-32, the final. Man, UCLA looking, you know, decent. I mean, let's not lie. They've got a ton of great athletes on that squad, and we just need to find out if Chip Kelly could actually coach. Um, without being handed a stable of amazing players that were already playing well together. Uh, but, uh, you know, Arizona State drops out of the top 25. Bye-bye, Devils. Uh, and finally, the nightcap rounding it out, uh, the Arizona Porncats went into the farm and uh, got beat by Stanford. Stanford rose up 41-31 the final. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, I'm, and I'm looking at these scores, man, and Utah is, you know, Utah's playing the best defense of the conference. I mean, you look at, at the scoring in, in conference last weekend, 35, 31, 37, 35, 
42, 32, 41, 31, 35, nothing. On a weekend where every team, win or lose, scored at least 31 points. 31, 32, 41, 42, 37, 35, 31, 35. The Utes did not allow a single point. That's some shit. So, you know, Oregon has pretty much got that uh, that North, you know, all but in the bag. They're 5-0 and in conference and cruising. And, uh, um, you know, they. I think the only team that could possibly catch them is Oregon State. And let's face it, that ain't happening. So, um, you know, it marches on. We really just kind of hope for the conference and obviously for Ute fans that we get a couple of 11-1 teams meeting up in Santa Clara for the conference title. A Utah-Oregon matchup, 11-1 both ways. It'd be really hard to keep the winner of that game out of the college football playoff. Um, and uh, But, you know, stranger things have happened. So coming up this weekend, of course, we'll talk about it more as uh, as the podcast progresses. Number nine, Utah invades Washington for an afternoon game. Utes, uh, Utes are actually uh, favored in this game by three and a half. Line opened at like uh, three, dropped to two and a half. Now it's up to three and a half. Um, so, you know, that tells you where we are right now. We're going into Seattle and we're favored to win the game. Um, but, you know, we were favored to win at USC. So, who knows? Will the November curse strike? I don't know. What November curse? Man, didn't we kind of beat the shit out of that November curse last year? I, I know, I know. We had injuries. Maybe that was the curse. But guess what? Those backups came in and won three straight games and played for the conference title. So don't give me that November curse bullshit. Oregon State, off their bye week, travels to Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona's favored by six. Uh, who knows in that one? That's a toss-up for me. I actually think Oregon State's going to win that game. I don't think Arizona's... I think Arizona's done. Stick a fork in them. But, you know, that's usually when I make a bold prediction like that, that, you know, things turn around and suddenly UCLA's winning games and say, well, whatever. Um, the big one that uh, that all of Ute Nation is going to be having our eyes on, hashtag our beloved Ducks, number seven, Oregon, going into the Coliseum to play USC. USC with a win will be undoubtedly vaulted back into the top 25, probably top, you know, I, I, and, and not just barely. I think that if Oregon, if USC takes out Oregon, you're probably going to see them at like 17 or 18 in the poll, just depending on how things go. Oregon's favored by four and a half. Um, you know, I would love nothing more than to see a duck win um, in, in, in the Coliseum on Saturday. Uh, you know, obviously we, we, we've talked about it. Utes need a little help to win the South and represent the South in the Pac-12 title game. Utes need to, to, to win out, essentially. Um, you know, I don't think that if, I don't see our chances being too rosy if we drop another game. It's because I don't know that USC is going to drop two. I think it's very likely to drop one. So that's what kind of what we got to count on. And then uh, the nightcap, Colorado, UCLA, uh, battle for who wants to suck a little bit less um, than the other team in any given week. UCLA is favored by six and a half. Um, you know what? Let's see. I think UCLA wins that game. I think Colorado's done, man. Colorado gets worse as the season goes on. And uh, um, I can't imagine that uh, letting that one slip away last week at home against uh, against the Trojans is going to do anything for their psyche. So um, let's say uh, UCLA wins by 10. 
Um, and that is my Jimmy the Greek special prediction. So that's where we've got. That's the Pac-12 as we see it right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why they play the game. Got to get out there, take care of business on the field. More War Party you where this came from. After these messages, we'll be right back. Only there's not actually any messages. Back in for War Party You. I'm Michelle Bodkin of Utezone.com, and I am here hanging out with my friends Matt and Ryan, and we are talking some Utah football. I just got done breaking down, you know, what happened once more because it's so fun to relive it, right? Who doesn't love a good shutout? Utah's game last week against Cal, uh, 35-0. Again, absolutely dominating, smothering performance. And, you know, that that's the fourth game that, that it's been like that. And... You, This week is going to be notably harder. Uh, They are going against the Washington Huskies up in Seattle. So they're they're away from home. This is, by all accounts, a very good and talented team. They've been a little more up and down this year than they have in years past. And, And that's mostly due to, I think they had to replace nine of 11 starters on defense from last year that uh, they graduated them and I think most of them are, are now doing something in the NFL that was a hell of a good defense last year that the Washington had and it made things tough for a lot of teams they've taken a little bit of a step back this year and and that's mostly due in part to youth the talent is once more there I have no doubt, kind of like ASU, I, you know, I, next year is a totally different question and situation as far as this team's concerned. They're going to be so much more experienced, so much more prepared and ready, you know, I think for, for what some of the top, top teams throw at them and very well could be the top teams. Whereas this year, oh, excuse me. This year, uh, you know, a, a little more towards the middle, and, and that happens. I, the best way I can describe the Washington Huskies, in a way, is they kind of feel like how Utah was last year. Very, very good team. Very solid. Lots of potential. You knew they were going to be better in the next year uh, than, than the current year, but... And they were going to beat. They were going to beat people, and and they were going to kind of you know have some head scratching. Why why did you lose to them? Type matches, and and this is where Washington is currently at. They they've been some people, but at the same time they've they've had some head scratching losses. And again, I I think most of that's due to you're breaking in a new quarterback, you're pretty much starting over on defense, although that that defense is very good. And it it just takes a while for all the pieces to come together and meld and 
and do what you kind of want them to do and expect them to do. So uh, Washington, I think, has done a very good job in replacing Jake Browning. I actually think I like Jacob Eason better than I like Jake Browning. Uh, He just, for me, passes the eye test, which whatever that means, right? Especially since I'm I'm not scouting. I, I don't know, but there's just something about the way that Jacob Eason plays that, to me, comes across more dominant, more confident, more like he knows what he's doing. Uh, maybe a little lost at times simply, again, just due to he's, he's a transfer. So getting used to a new team, new weapons, all that kind of stuff. But I, as the weeks have gone on, I think he's gone, goodness, uh, gone more comfortable with <laughs> what he's doing. I'm so sorry I keep yawning. I'm really not bored with this topic. I just... I stay up past my bedtime way, way too often, and I think it's finally catching up with me. But, you know, for the year, he he's completed 150 pass attempts. He's attempted 233. Uh, he's almost at 2,000 yards for the season. He's at 1,981. Uh, completion percentage, 67.4 which if you if you listen to Kyle Kyle Whittingham he says high 60s is really good uh you know in the 70s is absolutely phenomenal which is what Utah has with Tyler Huntley at the moment but i mean Jacob Eason is right there and i kind of expect that number to probably go up next season averaging Eight and a half yards per attempt. He has a long of 50. He's thrown for 16 touchdowns, three interceptions. So, I mean, he's taking good care of the football. He's not really throwing it up there for whoever and whatever. I think that's something that Utah's defense is going to try and provoke this week. Because uh, if there's any ding on their performance last week, it's that they, they didn't get any turnovers. But at the same time, when you absolutely stuff an offense the way that you the way that they did I don't know how important it is necessarily in that particular game to get those interceptions however again we are talking about Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally and this defense is their baby and they want the interceptions so I I expect more in that realm uh, Jacob Eason has also been sacked 10 times, so defense might might be able to get a sack or two on him, uh, but for the most part, you know, you spread those 10 sacks out over the course of the season. His offensive line is taking pretty good care of him. Uh, he's not on the ground a whole lot, which is good. Good for them, terrible for, for opponents, right? Uh, They also have a a new running back, uh, Salvan Ahmed, is is their leading rusher, and so far, 662 yards on the season, uh, 114 attempts, and he's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. So, I mean, he's definitely getting it done for the Huskies, and he definitely had some big shoes to fill. 
So he, I, I think you take, I, he's almost averaging six yards per carry. So I think you take that. He has seven touchdowns on the year. So he's, he's putting in some good production for the Huskies. On the receiving end of it, Aaron Fuller's their main guy. 558 yards on the season. He has 40 receptions. He's averaging 13.9 yards per catch. So almost 14 yards per catch. He has a long of 37 and has caught five touchdown passes. Uh, Others to look at as well. Uh, Hunter Bryant is their tight end who also has had some good production, uh, and Andre Bacellia. I think I said that right. I, I love his last name. I hear it all the time when I watch games, and I love it. I think I, I may have messed it up, though, because I don't remember how it's pronounced. But based off of what I'm looking at, that's how I would pronounce it. Uh, anyway, wide receiver, another wide receiver, also very productive, uh, and then they're they're breaking in a young buck that uh, has a very familiar last name that Utah really wanted, uh, Puka Nakua, who's going to be going against his older brother on Utah's side this week, uh, which should be a fun a fun matchup. So we'll just kind of see see how that all goes. And then as far as the defense is concerned. Miles Bryant is is their most productive tackler with 51 on the season and interceptions goes to another defensive back in Cameron Williams with three. I don't I don't know how big of a problem this team is going to cause Utah. If Utah continues to play the way that Utah's been playing since the USC loss, and let's be frank and honest here, Utah really did not play that USC game as terribly as most people would like to make it seem like. But we're we're fans, we're fanatics, right? So let's over let's overthink it, let's overdramatize it just a little bit. Overly dramatic is super fun. But I mean, since that game, Utah's been on a whole other level. They have been so dominant, so productive on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And I mean, to be frank, good enough on special teams. They haven't really had to rely on special teams because they finally have, it seems like, have figured it out on offense. I would say the one concern would be where Tyler Huntley is health-wise. I I think he needs to be healthier than he was against Cal last week. I don't think he needs to be 100% or necessarily super, super close to 100%, but he needs to be better than where he was. He has to be able to scramble a little bit because I think... I think Washington and Chris Peterson are too smart and too well-versed to fall for having Jason Shelley trot out. Um, I think unless unless Utah does something totally, totally unexpected with that to throw them off their game, I, I think they'll sniff that out. And so I, I do believe um, 
you know, Tyler's going to have to be considerably healthier. But I still think this team can can take care of the Huskies. I think it's their year. I think I think this team knows what's at stake. I think they're hungry. I think they want it. And it's it's going to be a tough game. This is pro- this is probably going to be the toughest out of the last four that they've played. Um, and we'll we'll just see how it goes. But I I do feel pretty good. That Utah can take care of business, that Utah can do enough to come away with the win on this. I don't know that it's going to necessarily be as sizable of a win as some of the other games they played. Oh my goodness, there are those yawns again. But I do think they can get it done. I do think they can score points. I do think the defense can certainly stop this offense. Uh so we'll just we'll just see what'll happen here. Uh, it, it it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. Again, I think I think Utah's seniority, their experience level, I think that's ultimately going to be the tipping scale for this for this game. I I do. Will that necessarily be the case, you know, next year? Probably not so much. I think this team will grow exponentially by next year. But for this year, it's Utah's game. If Utah wants it, they can get it. That That's my story, and that is what I'm sticking with. It is now time to take another break. After the break, I will get into some interesting news coming out of the NCAA this week. You are listening to War Party U, and we'll be back after we pay some bills. What'd you call me? Oh, the Washington Huskies. Yeah, I mean, I'm fluffy. I could stand to lose a few, but, I mean, husky, that's kind of mean. Matty Ace is back. War Party U. Let's look ahead. Saturday, roughly 48 hours from now, we've got Utah, Washington, the rematch for revenge. Utah. Washington, fight. And hopefully by the end of it, we'll be saying flawless victory because we want this one. We need this one. Uh, Utes favored coming in by three and a half going into Seattle. Um, Utes revealed, man, I look forward. I, I geek out over the uniform reveals everywhere. You know, Utah, Utes equipment does such such a hell of a job with, with the gear every week. Um, you know, I know that the combos are you know decided by by the players, uh, by the captains. Um, I do, you know, have a bone to pick with the captains whenever we're on the road. Um, I'm the, the only combo I'm really not a fan of is when we're on the road um, and they they pair up the the black pants and the black helmet with the white jerseys. Um, I, I I'm just I'm just more fond of the color red. Red is 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 our color. Um, and so, uh, you know, I understand the need to mix it up, but, uh, but you know, I, I, 
I, I prefer to see a little bit more red in those uh, in those combos on the road. But uh, this weekend they're going to uh, they're going to bust out what has been what has been brought to Rice Eccles the last two weekends. Both Arizona State and Cal went with the all white uh, uniforms anyway, um, calling it ice and saying, "Eh, we're bringing the ice to Salt Lake." City. Bitch, we live in the ice. What do you think you're doing? What are you going to come here? Man, winter is here. Winter doesn't break. Ice does. And so we're going to bring winter. Um, we're going to bring winter to Seattle and show them what the ice is nice is all about. Uh, it's a What a clean look. The white helmet, white jersey, white pants. Uh, it uh, you know I, I prefer not to bring back the memories of the Arizona State game last year. I prefer you know Oregon a few years ago in the drubbing we gave them in Eugene. I prefer Washington four years ago. Um, but you know I don't I also don't think that the uniform combo has one damn bit of effect on the outcome of the game. Um, I just don't. So, but it's fun. It, you know, it's fun to mess around with, and it's fun to see people on uh, on social media get worked up about it. Wow, historically, we're, you know, who cares, man? Historically, we don't beat Washington very much, and that is the task at hand. And this is the year to do it. Um, you know, honestly, my gut feeling, and like it always does. You know, early in the week, I'm very, I'm, I'm very cautious. I'm like, you know, it's gonna be, you know, by the end of the week, I get so, I'm, I'm getting so worked up and ready for this game. I'm getting so just excited uh, to watch it all go down and and to see what this team is, team is capable of because there's definitely that vibe of a special season this year. Um, because you know, you know, whenever we've had, you know, we, whenever we've ascended to a high ranking and then tripped. It's, it, you know, it's always kind of stayed back down at that level, but you have climbed back up, man. You know, at number 10, coming in and losing to USC, getting dropped all the way down, working our way back up, 19, 17, you know, and now we're back up in the top 10. We're number nine. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the only poll that counts has yet to be released, the college football playoff poll. Um, which really, you know, kind of is the is the is the one that kind of determines who who does what, and uh, you know, in, in tiebreakers and the college football playoff selections, um, at large bids for NY six bowls, things like that. Um, but uh, you know, looking at, uh, at just at the at the season stats so far, um, man, you gotta like the Utes in this one. Uh, Washington's averaging slightly um, better offensive output points per game. Uh, Washington's nearly at 36 points per game, but Utah and Utah's right behind them at 33. Um, but I mean, for a Utes team to be averaging in the mid 30s on scoring, man, that is a huge improvement, and that is something we have not seen for a number of years. And they've all we've always said, man, imagine if we had an even middle of the road offense to go with this lights out defense. Well, folks, we got a little bit better than middle of the road offense this year. We have a senior-laden team. We've got the Hallandale Trio senior season. Zach Moss setting every conceivable career record you can think of for for running back. Tyler Huntley just carrying this team on its back and showing that he's more than just a scrambling quarterback, man. Dude can plant and throw, and he is efficient, and he is just, man. Hashtag Huntley for Heisman. Where you see a huge difference this year is that Washington defense, man. Washington is replacing a ton of talent. I think it's like nine starters on defense and 15 starters overall this year. Um, they do have Chris Peterson coaching, and historically, Peterson's had Witt's number, so there's that. Uh, but Washington's given up 21.5 points per game. Utah, 
is get, is allowing 10.3 points per game. But not only that, but they have get, they, but but 10 points in the last three games. So you know the 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 average is skewed by earlier outputs that and as the season has worn on this defense is getting stingier and stingier and stingier Utes doing uh, averaging 452 yards a game total offense Washington 422 um, Utah is so balanced man so balanced averaging 233 yards through the air 219 on the ground uh, Washington is a little more pass heavy uh, obviously with a quarterback like Eason that you know that stands to reason um, uh, you know, but uh, um, you know they're they're not you know setting any worlds on fire. They're they're averaging 250 yards a game passing, only 172 rushing. Um, but uh, but but that's where you know the this is going to be this, you know this that's where this is going to collide because uh, you know Utah's got the stingiest run defense around. Utah are only are, are only allowing 56 yards a game on the ground, and that is insane. Okay, that is absolutely insane to pair that with with 174 yards through the air. So, like, I mean, you know, if 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 a team comes in, you can expect them to be held to right around 25 percent of their usual offensive production against this defense, which is going to keep Utah in any game they're in. Um, I'll put this defense pound for pound against any defense in the country. There's teams with more more potent, more flexible, and more powerful offenses, but man, those offenses have to go against this defense. Um, few interesting things this weekend to look for um i really i you know i, I really want to see utah's d-line uh make a make jacob eason uncomfortable he is not terribly mobile and uh if the utes can get pressure on him early and often uh, i think you shake him out and i think uh, he starts to make mistakes um just gotta lock him down just gotta lock him down defense travels man defense travels so avoid a hot start by washington they're a hot first quarter team you shut them down and get into your groove man and let the offense do its thing. Hand the rock to Moss. Um, take advantage of all the weapons. I actually, I, I'm, I'm sure we may see some wrinkles in the offense we haven't seen yet because, you know, the stakes are higher. And uh, you know, I see a, there's been a ton of of, of of traffic on on Twitter and elsewhere uh, of speculation. This is the biggest the the, the biggest game in, in in Utah's history since they've been in the Pac-12. Well, you know what? At this point, every game is. Um, you know, every game last year was the most important game because it meant our first trip to the to the conference title game. And you know, I mean, you know, I ho- I would like to qualify it, but when when I say biggest game since we've been in the Pac-12, biggest you know regular season game. Um, you know, obviously, and and especially when you're trying to make a run and make a push, uh, especially when you're in the top ten, every week is the most important game. Now, it's going to, it's the toughest game remaining on the youth schedule because after this. You know, we get a bye week, and then we get to go back to mopping up with USC, Arizona, and Colorado. So if the Utes win this weekend, chances are very good that we win out and that we finish 11-1. And, one. and uh, you, know, one, you know, one reunion I'm really looking forward to this weekend, even though they're not going to go against, her, against each other, the Nakua brothers, um, you know, Samson for the Utes. Uh, I know he tried like hell to get Puka to sign with us. Puka Nakua decommitted from USC. And uh, ultimately signed with Washington. Uh, it really looked like he was going to lean toward back toward Utah, and, and we'd have the we'd have the Nakua brothers show, which would have been something sweet, man. But you know what? Can't fault the kid for wanting to get out, branch out, make a name for himself. 
Um, and and let's be honest, if you're a wide receiver, uh, Washington is not the worst team to play for because they traditionally are high powered. They traditionally have NFL caliber quarterbacks. And uh, and and Peterson is an offensive minded coach. Man, he knows how to do it. So you know you can't fault the kid. Uh, but it'll be fun to see those two standing next to each other, uh, hamming it up. What a character, man! So much personality in that family. Uh, you know, you've got you get you you you've got you know you got Samson, who's known for the crazy hair and the dance moves and uh, and the eye black. You got Puka, who can just spray straight out ball. One of the, one one of the most amazing players ever to come out of the state of Utah. And you've got Kai, who um, likes to sucker punch people from behind. Um, so, you know, every to each their own, you know, and, and it's appropriate. The, you know, the person, personality style of each player kind of fits the program they went to. And that's all I'll say about that. But uh, as previously mentioned on previous weeks of the podcast and earlier to, or earlier in this episode, uh, we're going to be mixing it up at Gardner Village uh, at Utah Sports Collective for their watch party. Kickoff is at 2. Um, I plan on uh, using up my adult beverage tickets rather early and then uh, providing a little bit of uh, uh, stimulation to the local economy by purchasing several more. Probably do some Christmas shopping while we're out there. My girl's coming with me again. And, and you know, of course, this time if she doesn't feel like watching football, she can go and buy me some mute stuff, which I'm not going to complain about. I mean, who would? So, uh, you know, plus she is a, a, a kick-ass to be around and, uh, and, 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 you know, pretty easy on the eyes too so it's the whole package and I'm a lucky man um, but I digress uh, you know Dallin uh, from uh, from Utah Sports Collective has uh, you know make sure to, to, to come see us at the tailgate um, every week and uh, you know this last week I must say Dallin thank you for providing me with uh, uh, a cup of uh, I believe it was Outer Darkness Stout um, and oh man I am not what I used to be in my younger days and that thing that was powerful it was delicious it was strong and I believe that uh, actually in my old age I have I've sprouted several new chest hairs as a result of imbibing this beverage um, but uh, man it's, it's a good time get out there you know we're gonna get out there we're gonna support some local businesses we're gonna hopefully uh, you know help Utah Sports Collective uh, you know go into the holiday season um, on, a, on, a, on a with a bang um, get out there, go shop in his store, go buy his merchandise. It's all officially licensed. Um, and, uh, you know, we want to see you there. You come say hi. Come say, hey, Matty Aces, do that SpongeBob dance. And I will uh, I will happily do it, you know. I've already promised that I will. Um, uh, and my dance moves get better, uh, you know, the more beers you buy me. So, you know, there's that. Um, you know, it's, you know, there's nothing to shake a stick at. But, you know, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm really glad that, you know, we've got these options. So many great places to go watch games, but especially this watch party. Last year for the Colorado game, it was so much fun. Promises to be a little bit a little bit nicer weather this year for it. It is kind of inside, outside, a little covered. It's not com- to, to, you know, completely enclosed, but there's enough uh, space heaters and fire pits and, uh, and bodies to keep it nice and toasty in there. Plus, Utah football. And, uh, and being able to imbibe while watching the game, as opposed to the games at Rice-Eccles, where um, unless you're bringing contraband into the stadium, which I have not done at one point this year at all, ever. I'd just like to get that out there. So there it is. 
Utes coming in, everything on the line, man. I mean, the, the season is by no means a failure if we lose this game. It does take quite a bit of quite a bit of the, of the luster off of it. Although I think coming into the season, if if you had said the Utes are going to finish ten and two, you'd take that any day of the week. But eleven and one is a little bit better, and uh, I prefer it. So uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go mix it up. We're going to have a good time. Another weekend of Utah football, um, and savor it all because following that, the dreaded bye week part two, revenge of no game to talk about. Every podcaster's worst nightmare. Unless, well, I mean, there's a few things that could be worse, but we won't get into that now. We're part of you. and better than ever you are listening to war party you i am michelle bodkin with utezone.com and i am hanging out with my friends matt and ryan talking anything and everything having to do with utah football just got done breaking down cal or the cal game last week giving you all a heads up you know of some things to kind of look for and thoughts about taking on washington this weekend uh, the interesting news coming out of the NCAA just gave you a little little spoonful of what I think and feel about that situation, which I'll go into more detail next week. Because again, it's a buy, and buys are boring as far as talking Utah football. Though I think they'll need the rest and relaxation. But now, now I want to talk about tailgating. So I mentioned in the last segment, I will be on my way to Seattle by the time you all are listening to this. And I, I've experienced Seattle once before. I've been to Husky Stadium once before. And it's probably one of the coolest tailgates outside of Utah's in the Pac-12 that that I've experienced and granted I haven't seen everybody's yet that that is a goal of mine I want to hit everybody's stadium I want to see how they tailgate and live it up uh and and the places I have gone USC is really cool just from the sheer size standpoint of it like it's huge and spread out all over their campus all over their campus there's just tents and tents and tents and tents and tents Intense, 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 intense. Like they come out in droves. the The size of USC's tailgate is absolutely impressive. And and for the most part, I I thought everybody was nice. They offer drinks and beers, and you know are super cool. And I have have some acquaintances, friends, um, friends of my my family that they come every year to Utah's tailgate when when the game's here in, in Salt Lake City because they absolutely love the tailgate scene in Salt Lake City. So there there's for sure mutual love there. Um, ASU is neat just because of Mill Street, but I wouldn't say they really tailgate per se and so it's a lot less friendly I guess you could say but it is cool having all the shopping and the bars and the restaurants just along one street that you can walk up and down all day 
leading up to the game and after the game like that that's cool and unique and I I liked that a lot as well it but it's not it's not like at least as far as I saw and noticed it wasn't heavy on people setting things up or, or bringing rigs in or tents in and and cooking up barbecue and and that sort of thing so it's a little different in that regard and like I said maybe a little less personal not not as much inner fan engagement which can and cannot be a good thing too sometimes I think that (laughs) ups the hostility level a little bit Uh, but at the other uh, other end of it you know if you can kind of ignore each other too maybe maybe that's for the best I don't know uh, and then Stanford is also kind of cool. They Their tailgate's set up in the trees, and I think they honestly have more people come and tailgate than they actually have go into the game. And it's very high class, very high class. Uh, it, it's, I mean, so I... There's chandeliers in the trees, chandeliers, and you have your wine and your cheese and, you know, you just hang out, hang out in the trees all day, which I guess makes that absolutely horrific mascot make a whole hell of a lot of sense, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, it's so pretty outside around Stanford's stadium, Stanford's campus, really pretty scenery. And I also probably had the best margarita of my life at that tailgate. So go go to Stanford for the tailgate and, and go and make it a home game for the away team because that's pretty, pretty much what seems to happen all the time. And, and my girl, Emily Van Booskirk can also tell you, you know, that's that's pretty much how Stanford rolls. So I, I'm not saying anything disparaging or anything that Stanford people don't know. They they know that that's what they do and they are proud of it. UW. So Washington does a little thing called sailgating. And it is a hell of a good time. It is a hell of a good time. Uh, it, as far as uniqueness level goes, I would say is right up there with Utah, uh, just from the standpoint, like the, the thing that I think makes Salt Lake's tailgate so special is that everybody comes up with these crazy rigs that are somehow Utah themed. And I have yet to see anything quite like that anywhere else and I've also traveled to like Michigan for a tailgate and they don't they don't seem to do that either so so far this has been like a strictly Utah thing and it's wildly amusing it makes it makes the atmosphere so fun uh but outside of that the sailgating up at UW totally unique totally cool way to hang out and just prep for the game and and get excited for the game it you literally 
And I guess not everyone necessarily does that, but there are a lot of people. So the stadium is right off the shoreline, like literally right off the shoreline. It's maybe, maybe a hundred yards to walk up from the boat dock to the stadium. Like it maybe takes five minutes to get up to the stadium from the boat dock. So, but everybody that has a boat will sail across Lake Washington you know, for how for however long, however long they want to. Uh, and then they go and they park and and the boats all anchor up side by side and tie tie up together side by side and you literally, literally and I don't know how great of an idea this is, but I, I'm sure it makes for amusing stories. I've been told, I've heard that some very funny and amusing things have happened. Uh, AKA people too drunk and slipping off the, the, the footers of the boats <laughs> and falling in the lake. And of course, if this happens like in November, yikes, that is cold. That's, that's not going to be fun. And that was my greatest fear when I was there a few years back when Utah was up at Husky Stadium was uh it was like the middle of November and a late kickoff to boot so it was dark outside and I was like dear god if I slip off the back of this boat and have to go in totally cold and wet to go cover this game and have to explain this to like Liz Abel <laughs> Uh, uh, please, just please no. And thankfully, I did not slip off the side of the boat. Very well aware of what I was doing. And uh, and for the most part, people are very nice and make sure that, that you're okay and can can navigate through and, and whatnot. We'll give you a hand. So, but totally cool experience. If, if you do get the opportunity to sailgate, take it. It's awesome. And so much fun. I, I'm a water baby. I love I love boating. If you follow my Instagram, like I I'm boating with my friends pretty much all summer, it seems like. And and so to combine two things I like is awesome. If I think the only thing that could make rice eckles better, actually like maybe Mark Harlan, like well, what, what can we do about getting a lake <laughs> along with the South End Zone Edition Reno? <laughs> we don't really need Fourth South, do we? <laughs> like, or eh, that new law building. I, who needs that, right? Like, let's get a lake. Let's have a lake. No, it's it's a totally cool experience. If if you get the opportunity, do it. Uh or if you can't, if you're just going to be hanging around the stadium, you can always walk down to the dock and, and go check it out and hang out and, and, and see kind of what everybody's up to. But it is fun. It is fun, fun, fun. And, you know, it's a, a unique tailgate in the Pac-12. So definitely, if you ever have the opportunity, go check it out. If you can this weekend, do it. It's fun. It's amazing. I unfortunately will not be sailgating this go around, but I, I may stop by and, and see if I can find my friends that, that do it. So anyway, 
This has been another fantastic episode of War Party You, and we will be back at it next week. This is Michelle Botkin signing off. that wraps it up for another War Party U edition. As always, this is Matty Aces, Michelle Bodkin, and Ryan Boyce bringing you the best half-assed podcast podcast on the planet. Yeah, fight me. Let's go. Come on. Uh, Next week, we'll be uh, reveling in the Ute victory. All right? That's the, you got to put that positive out, positivity out in the universe. I think the Ute's going to get it done this weekend in Seattle. I've been wrong before, and I am a Ute homer. An unapologetic, unabashed Ute homer. But you knew that already. So, join us next week. We'll talk about the Washington game. Win or lose, we'll be here uh, as we face another bye week. What the hell are we going to do with another bye week? I mean, I know what the team's going to do, but... That's a story for another day. Thanks for joining us. As always, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Happy Halloween. Be safe out there. And go Utes.